Welcome in. This is your Jock Market Power Hour for this week's Wyndham Championship. I'm Rick Gaiman. That right there, Joe Idoni. Joe, the final, let me make sure I get this right, final full field event of the year, and it's the final event of the regular season. Yeah, the super season <laughs> is finally coming to a close, right? What up, buddy? Um, good to see you again. Happy to be back for Power Hour, and uh, happy to be back at the Wyndham. Special place in my heart for me. That's right. This is, uh, I can't believe it's been a year. First of all, I, time, I don't even understand what, like, time is doesn't make any sense anymore. It's already August. We're a year out from your big victory. I, I just, like, this doesn't make any sense to me. I know. Uh, and it's been like one of those long seasons. We had six majors. Uh, but yeah, it's it'll be nice to kind of put a bow on it. This is a good event. I love this event. And then we get right into uh playoff season so a lot of big implications for a lot of players this week in terms of 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 getting paid speaking of implications um louis ustazen withdrew from this event about i don't know an hour or so ago so we're gonna see how that plays out uh in the jock market for this evening but now with two golfers patrick reed and louis ustazen who if they didn't withdraw would have been near the top of the board tonight here joe you imagine a lot of those funds a lot of those bids are going to have to be redistributed and there's only a couple guys at the top that they're probably going to end up going to yeah they're going to get split i think between hideki but most of them are probably going to go to web right i think he's going to shatter some uh pricing records for himself tonight um it's it's play web it's mr windham right he named his daughter after this event he's finished no worse than third the last four years um, it's, it's, it's just seemingly automatic here and, and some confidence building at the end of last week as well with the closing 64 on Sunday at the St. Jude, uh, to give him a little extra confidence when it, it played pretty hard on Sunday. We saw a lot of the leaders, uh, shoot over par and Webb yeah. went super low. So I think that, uh, rightfully so he's going to be very, very popular. Here's what we got going on. Uh, we have $100 to give away to the jock market. We're going to do that in five $20 increments. To enter that draw, it is very, very simple. Enter your jock market username wow. into the chat right now. You might as well hit the like button while you're there. That goes a long way as well. If you have not signed up for jock market yet and you're looking, you're scouring the internet for one of those famous promo codes, we've got it for you. It's power. It's the best promo code available. It is up to a $50 deposit bonus. And Joe, uh, before we jump into this week, I yeah. do want to look back last week just a little bit because I have the data on my website. Anybody can go check this out. Abraham answered this time last week sold for $5.35. He paid out the full $25 a share. Hideki Matsuyama sold for $5.55 and Sam Burns sold for $4.25. Those are the three golfers that we saw in a playoff. This $4, $5, and $6 range continues, continues to be one of the best uh, ranges that you can invest your funds in. And we talked about it last week. We, we kind of nailed it and we, and we looked at when the – you know, pricing in the IPO kind of closed and said, wow, like look at some of these names right here in the $5 range. We're shocked. Some of them were the lowest price that they've ever been. And a ton of them obviously uh, showing there had big payouts. So 
Um, a lot of green on that screen. So a lot of guys finished really well. Um, obviously, big bumps for Hideki, Answer, Burns, who all you know went three, four, five X on their IPO price. So a ton of opportunity in that range. That's nothing new to us. We've talked about it for multiple weeks, and, and I'm sure it'll be the same again this week. Yeah, I'm sure it will. I'll, I'll be very interested to see what people are willing to do with Webb. Uh, you mentioned you think he might break a personal record this evening. Well, that personal record would be $12.50 a share. Yeah, were you expecting that number? No, I wasn't. I thought he maybe was around 10 bucks max. Twelve fifty. Twelve fifty at the Sony Open in January. Uh, three other occasions outside of the Sony Open, he's been over ten dollars. So that is kind of the benchmarks that we're that we're dealing with here tonight, Joe. Yeah, it'll be interesting, right? Like he's going to be very popular uh, in in other fantasy formats. He's going to be. Um, I don't know that his sort of outright numbers is that where a lot of people are going to have a stake in him here, but um, there's so much good reason to just blindly just plug your nose and back them at this event, right? The course history, um, the form, I listened to some, some notes in, in, in a podcast earlier with Paul Tesori on it. And he said, they really kind of um, changed some things in sort of his pre swing routine that paid dividends that he said that Webb was kind of long hauling his sort of COVID as well, which he has yeah. had lingering symptoms for a long time and finally starting to, to mentally and physically feel in better health. Um, and he just hasn't had a good season. So I think this is a good chance for him to turn it around at a place where he has every reason to be uber confident coming in. All right. So what we've been doing over the past couple of weeks is before I reveal the big board and I reveal all of the live bidding that is going to end just before 9 p.m. Eastern time. So get your bids in right now. Joe and I like to go do a little segment called Market Movers. And this is where we pick out three individual golfers. One is a penny stock. One is kind of a, a mid cap option. And the, and the final one is a blue chipper. And uh, as mentioned, Joe, two of our kind of blue chip options have removed themselves from this field uh, uh, the, this week so it's leaving us with a, a smaller pool to pick from but would you like to start with your your blue chipper sure i'll lead us off um you know i'm gonna dig a little bit lower than i normally do sort of in the blue chip range but i really have a lot um to like about russell henley this week um yes. i noted earlier this week that it's it's much of the Wyndham wedges at Wyndham, right <laughs> he's been fantastic in those sort of short range approach shots um, he's really good in terms of strokes gain. When you look at the metrics, when it plays, when the scoring conditions are easier than normal, he hits a fair amount of fairways and he's just giving himself a ton of opportunities. Ninth place here last year. I think this is one of those spots where course history really can matter. Um, Donald Ross courses are just unique. And this is a really old school Ross course where a lot of the green surfaces, while really large, um, have nuances to them. They have levels. They have tiers. So leaving yourself the proper putt is how you make birdies and aren't just trying to lag it close. Um, so I think his experience, couple that with some good current form. Uh, I like Russell Henley a lot, and I think that he he he'll be my blue chip this week. Russell Henley, excuse me here. <clears throat> 
for Joe, I'm going with Hideki Matsuyama. And you know what? Like, it, yeah, I could try to pay up for Webb. For whatever reason, Hideki does not get the love he deserves in the jock market. He was $5.55 last week. He was $8.55 at Rocket Mortgage. He was $6.55, $7.51, dollars He lives in that five to eight range. He might be a little bit more expensive this evening because of the way that everything is shaking out. But the last two times we've seen him in action, he has been in a playoff for a bronze medal fell short there. He was in a playoff last week at the St. Jude, fell short there. He's playing great. I do worry about the putter, Joe. Of course I do. I yeah. always do. It's always the concern with Hideki, but he is just absolutely dialed in with irons, with wedges right now, and I just think he's always kind of disrespected in these markets. So I'm very interested to see what Hideki is going to finish this evening at. Mid-caps. Why don't you yeah. take us away, Joe? <clears throat> Okay, so I'm going to go probably a little lower end of the spectrum here as well in terms of mid-cap guys, but I have a lot of reasons to be bullish on Chez Revy this week. Mm. He went through a period earlier, like late spring, early summer, where he just lost it with the irons, frankly. Like all of a sudden that they disappeared, uh, he wasn't playing well. That's kind of returned. So he's gained strokes on approach, I believe, in six straight starts. And the importance of hitting the fairways, and I've touched on this on a couple shows I did earlier this week at Sedgefield Country Club, is is paramount. Um, when you look at the success and the, what the, the metrics are in terms of guys who have won, six of the last seven winners here have been top 10 that week in terms of fairways hit. That's not typical on the PGA Tour. Many times, it doesn't matter so much that you hit the fairways. It's about distance. It's about approach play. Hitting the fairways matters here because it sets yourself up for the proper approach. Um, Chez is great at it. Second in the field, he rated out for me in terms of fairways hit. Um, like I said, the approach play has kind of turned it around. I think that he should present some value in the lower end of the spectrum in terms of that sort of mid-cap range that we like to look at. This, these are the results that, that Joe was referencing. I mean, he was a constant loser in the jock market uh, basically every week from API to the PGA Championship, and something flipped at the Palmetto. So he has now gained and returned a positive ROI in five of his last seven starts, and one of them, he only lost 21 cents a share. I'm not even going to dock him for that. That's basically yeah. breaking even, but he That's has been – Right. Yeah. Clearly, clearly much better as, as Joe has indicated, he's been much better since, uh, since basically the start of June, I'm going to go with Gary Woodland here and uh, talking about returning to form. Um, Gary Woodland has not looked much like himself, not looked much like the 2019 version. He dealt with injury. He lost the weight. I mean, it's been a whole long thing for Gary Woodland. And I think we're starting to see some positive signs for him. Two really good events in a row. We don't have the metrics from last week's Barracuda, uh, because they do not exist. But I think that when you get an opportunity to get Gary Woodland on kind of a less than driver course, the ability to hit his wedges, maybe rounding into form. These are all the things that uh, I find interesting. And when you have a field that, you know, there's not a ton of guys who have a lot of uh, high-end winning upside, I yeah. still believe that Gary Woodland uh, retains that win equity. So that's where I'm going with my mid-cap option. And then, Joe, that leaves us with just the penny stocks. These are the guys way down the board that can re really return you a large ROI. Who's your penny stock? Yeah, so here's a guy... I think that it's going to go in that sort of mid $2 range that I haven't heard a lot of people talk about this week, but it's Henrik Norlander. Um, he's been good, man. Uh, four of the last five starts, he's finished inside the top 40, which 
Um, you know, three of those are, are around 20th. He finished fifth at the Barbasol in there. So, I mean, that's what you're looking for in this $2 range. You're not expecting, like, you don't need this guy to win. You don't need this guy to necessarily top 10. You need him to outperform his expectation. And at $2 or $2.50 per share, you essentially need him to finish 65th or better. I like his odds of sort of doing that this week. Um, I had a couple of other things written down here about Norlander. So good at hitting the fairway, 17th, 6th in terms of, of scoring when the when the conditions are easier than normal. This does tend to be a bit of a birdie fest, and he's really good in those sort of wedge proximity range in terms of sticking it close to the hole, giving himself birdie opportunities. I think that he presents some some low-end penny stock value. Norlander has returned a positive ROI in three of his last four starts here in the jock market. Bless you, Joe. And we I'm going to round out the penny stocks here with Bryce Garnett. Uh, I have never considered Bryce Garnett. I've never been excited about Bryce Garnett, but I think this is the time and the place. Uh, you mentioned, Joe, you got to play out of the fairway. That's exactly what Garnett does. Sixth on tour in driving accuracy. He's 33rd on tour in putting, which is uh, in this field, he's probably top 12, something like that. I certainly have concerns about the rest of his game, but he's coming in with three consecutive cuts made. I've, I, I've seen him play worse, and I think he's going to be very, very cheap this evening. So I'm willing to invest in one Bryce Garnett. So just to recap, uh, it is Henley, Reavy, and Norlander for Joe. It is Hideki, Gary Woodland, and Bryce Garnett for me. I'll keep an eye on those prices this evening because I have them written down. And Joe, before we jump into the big board, before I give a refresh and we figure it out, let's let's give away some money. So if you have not entered your uh, jock market username into the chat, that is a way to get you into the draw. And the first winner of 20 jock bucks is Howard. Or Bill, Bill Howard. Congratulations, Bill. We'll get this uh, all set up for you. We'll reach out to the guys over at Jock Market and we'll ask them to credit your account. Congratulations. I have four more to give away as the evening goes on. All right, Joe, you ready for this? You, you, do you just want like... You just want, pull, do, pull off the Band-Aid. Let's see say, how, high is Band-Aid. how high is Web. <laughs> $10 and one cent. He is... Over <laughs> he is $4 more expensive... Uh, than any other golfer thus far. This is certainly not a surprise. Um, he is, this is already, so what did I say? He is already like the fourth most expensive he has ever been. And we have about 27 minutes to go here in the IPO stage. Yeah, I think it probably continues to go up a little bit, Rick. Like even right now, you're essentially asking him to finish ninth or better to pay that off, which um, he's done. He's shown it. Uh, but it's, it's, I don't, you know, the course history is one thing. I don't know how predictive that is and what he's going to do this year. He's certainly coming in, uh, you know, if you look back over his maybe last six to eight events in worse form than he probably has in previous years coming into the Wyndham. Um, but some things, you know, can be overlooked, especially when two of the top, probably four or five players in the field have already withdrawn. Yeah, I wanted to see what his form was leading into. So leading into 2020, he finished T3. Yeah, I mean, he was rolling. He had two top 12 finishes basically right uh, immediately before last year or or 19 when he finished runner-up. He finished runner-up at the WGC FedEx 8 Jude. He was rolling. So yeah, it is certainly um, kind of the same thing. Three consecutive top 25s leading into his his runner-up finish in 2018. So it's not the form that we have seen uh, from from Webb Simpson, but but the other thing is 
with the departure of Louis Ustase and Joe, he is now the number one pre-ranked golfer because right. there's there's no one in his way. So as if all as if everything else wasn't valuable enough, the man who breaks all ties is going to be Webb Simpson. It's very valuable. Very valuable, but also like to me. I'm looking at the guy who's now defaulted to the number two pre-ranked player who seemingly always has a lower price than you or I think he's going to have when this IPO closes. Hideki is 30% of the cost of Web <laughs> this week as of right now. Now, that's certainly going to go up, but um, I think if those two are neck and neck in the same price, I would probably give a slight edge to Web. Um, but if Hideki's a, two bucks cheaper at the end of this IPO, you got to go Hideki, right? Uh, yes. I, I, you know what? I'm, <clears throat> there's a really good chance I get burned on web this week, kind of across the board, right? He's not on my betting card. I'm probably not going to have any shares here. I just think that we've got a couple of really interesting scenarios that have pushed web even more popular than he would normally be, which is if, if I would ask you six months ago, who's going to be the most popular guy at Wyndham, you would have said web. And yeah. now we got Patrick Reed to WD. We got Louis Ustase into WD uh, uh, sure. Simpson shot at a scorching Sunday round leading into this. <laughs> These are all the things, Joe. These are all the things. So I'm I'm gonna try to play a little game theory optimal and uh, and 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 skip out on Web this week, and we'll see how bad it burns me. Yeah, uh, we'll we'll monitor those two guys pretty closely over the next twenty minutes or so, and see see how close Hideki can get to closing the gap. Uh, if you're looking for uh, players to put in your, you know, your favorites list to keep an eye on, Will Zalatoris and Brant Snedeker are next. Now, uh, this might be, Joe, the last opportunity you get to buy shares of Will Zalatoris this yeah. year because if he does not win this event, you are not going to see him in the FedEx Cup playoffs. So if you want access to Will, this might be it. And there were some positive signs last week. Like, I I, I – bet him last week because I thought the number was was huge and was kind of just hoping that the back was better. He said that he hadn't really practiced much since the Open. Played pretty well. There were some encouraging things. I listened to an interview he did earlier this week with the press where he said that he's very comfortable around Sedgefield. He's played it 20 or so times. He understands his way around the course. He's comfortable in the community here. You know, it was it was it was comforting yeah. to him. He to went to he went to uh, he went to Wake, right? He went to Wake, yeah. So he was back going to old dinner spots that he went to with his girlfriend or wife or whatever. So he's in a good place mentally. I I mean, it's it's a lot of pressure. It's it's essentially win or go home in a hundred and fifty six man field, which is like the weight of the world on your shoulders. It's crazy that he's sort of in this scenario right now, but it is what it is, right? That that's the way things were set up. And we've known this for a while coming in. Um, number two price player on the board right now, I think is a little bit high, but we'll see kind of how that number tapers out over the next 20 minutes here. Yeah, so $5.90 right now, that's asking him to finish inside the top 20. Now, that number is definitely going to move up. He is the fifth-ranked uh, golfer, fifth pre-ranked golfer, which essentially is fourth because of Louis Ustazen's departure. Uh, Brant Snedeker gets the Wyndham bump here as well, Joe, $5.85. But I do want to get your thoughts on Seamus Power because the last time we saw Seamus Power, it was not in a cash market, but he won. He won the Barbasol, and now he's had a couple of weeks off. That was the culmination of an unbelievable stretch of golf where he piled up um, five top 20 finishes before the victory with three of them being top tens. Now you get a little time to celebrate. You get a little time to refocus. Are you willing to go right back to power? 
I don't mind it at all. And you and I have been kind of sitting in the same boat on this often where a lot of times people, you get that win and people feel like it's, it's you know, you, you break through the finish line and these guys just collapse because they're exhausted and they finally made it. Um, but look at the results. I mean, you could kind of feel it coming for power. Uh, he played very well. Many of those tournaments where he was finishing top 20 or top 10 in, he was also Monday qualifying into. So not only was he finishing eighth, he was also beating out, you know, 100 other guys for four spots to get into the event. So clearly the form is great. He's good at a birdie fest. We saw that at Barbasol. We saw that at the Rocket Mortgage, which is also a Donald Ross design here recently. Um, I think there's a lot of reasons to go back to him. He's higher up in price in terms of being the sixth guy on the board right now than I probably thought that he was going to be. Um, but at the same token, I don't see him necessarily cooling off to a, to a degree this week just because he got that win about a month ago. Yeah, $5.77 at the moment is about asking him to finish inside the top 20. We did give Hideki the bump. He is now $6 a share. He has doubled uh, his price in the course of the past couple of minutes. And uh, we already mentioned Russell Henley, so I'm going to skip on him. We'll go to my guy. I, I'm I'm in on Schwartzel. I'm, okay. I'm just I'm just big time in on Schwartzel. However you want it, your favorite fantasy site, you want shares, you want to pick him in a one and done. I don't care what you want. Uh, I'm in on Schwartzel. He's just been doing all the right things in the ball striking. He's figured out the putter. Remember when he was tinkering, Joe? He had yeah. that spaceship putter where it the, was shaft, in the middle. It, it was in the <laughs> back and the middle. It was like the ugliest thing I've ever seen. Not using that anymore. Seems to have figured that out. I'm 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 in. I'm in for this. So so Schwartzel is currently five dollars and fifty cents again, asking for a top twenty. But here's the guy. Here's the guy I got to get your take on. Um, this would normally be Siwoo week, right? Yeah. He's won this event once. Last two years, he's finished inside the top five. He is, in my opinion, one of the most difficult golfers on tour to predict. He's coming off an event where he made the highest score ever recorded on a par three. I mean, what what in the world do we do with Siwoo? I don't know. I'm kind of torn on Siwoo. I didn't bet him. I probably he's just he's so boom or bust to me. Um, where I can feel him sometimes, and and we saw this. I think it was at the John Deere where it it felt like his front nine, like he had almost just mailed it in to a degree, and then withdrew. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah, it, it was. Right. It's just. It feels like it's win or go home. At sometimes for Siwoo. Now I will say this: like Siwoo carried me when I when I won this the the big check last year at the Wyndham. He was coming in first, I believe, coming into Sunday. He had one of those moments on like the sixth or seventh hole where he took driver and hit one out of bounds, and I'm like, no, and like I see myself going from first down to like twelfth, but he. He got himself together. He sort of climbed back up the leaderboard. Um, so talented. He's mentioned himself that like this is probably his favorite stop on the PGA Tour. But there's just a lot of a lot of boom. There's there's a the the ceiling is high, but the floor is is miscut and a bad miscut for Siwoo. Didn't he also make an ace and then almost make another one like yes. the very next par three? He hit it to yes, like two inches 100% or something on Saturday. Yeah, <laughs> amazing. Ace points, baby. Amazing. Uh, okay, so now we go down into the $5 and below range. And now here's where things start to really open up. Uh, you get Johnny Vegas, Taylor Gooch, Sung J.M., Jason Kokrak, Matt Jones, Ricky Fowler, Gary Willen. Take your pick, Joe. Are any of these guys, you know, we talked about Ches Reeve. Are any of these guys standing out to you more than others? Ricky's got a lot to play for. He's seemingly turned it around somewhat. But one guy I kind of want to ask you about, and this is sort of 
along the lines of this, the Seamus power uh, take as well, where the lead in form, the guy has just been so good and finishing really well. And it's almost like you don't want to get on the train and off the train and on the train and off the train. Like if you feel it coming and the guy, you want to just continue to ride right until he breaks through with that win. Hank Lebiota is kind of one of those guys where um, essentially three straight top 10 finishes there was playing unbelievably. Unfortunately, you see the massive dip in ROI there because he withdrew for a family incident at the 3M. But before that, I mean, this guy was so, like the, the ROIs were soaring. He was uh, at one point at the Rocket Mortgage, like late on Sunday, the, the live favorite to win the event, playing awesome, very familiar in sort of this region and on Bermuda grass of the country. Um, it, it Has it cooled enough on Hank for, for us to get back on? Do you think this is a fair price for him? Oh yeah, I'm in. I'm I'm in here. So so you mentioned it. He has been he was playing beautifully. He was piling up cuts. He played awesome at the 3M Open for two he days. Did. You, you mentioned, yeah, he made a birdie on 18 on Friday. He I think he had gained three strokes on the field for the first two rounds, had the family medical emergency withdrew. I'm mm-hmm. not gonna knock him for that. Obviously, sure. that, that is not golf related. He's been playing excellent golf. So, yes, this is a situation where and because so I remember when this when this WD went down, Joe, the and I got a ton of messages. Oh my God, what happened? Oh, he's so popular. I went, uh, no. And, but yeah. like three days later, he tweeted something out. And I'm sure most of the people who played Hank don't even know. Like, like they're just not going to play him because he burned him, right? Like where it's a very simple uh, yeah. uh, thing for someone to say. is like, oh, well, he burned me last time. So no, let, let's go. I'm, I'm firing up Hammer and Hank and I got no issues with it. Yeah, it feels a lot like the power thing with me where he's playing so well and and let's just let's stay on it, right? Until he breaks through. Yes, let me um actually let me give away some money here. I always forget to do this. My apologies. So let me give away some more cash here. This one is going out to Moonlighter. Congratulations. We'll get you set up with $20 in your jock market account. If you would also like to enter a draw, uh, make sure that your jock market username is in the chat. If you have not signed up yet, if you have not deposited yet, use the code power. It is the best promo code that exists. It is up to a $50 deposit bonus. The other thing you need to know is that this IPO phase, the phase that we're in right now, where you're making all your bids on these golfers is going to end right before nine o'clock. It was kind of a late lock Last week, Joe, do I yeah, remember that correctly? It was like 859 sure. or something like that. Yeah. So we're kind of looking between 857, 859 is when this IPO phase closes. So you don't want to be left uh, holding the bag. And Webb Simpson is up to $10.25, so 10 and a quarter. Will Zalatoris making a little bit of a move. Hideki gaining steam as well. But let's continue to find a little bit of value because, Joe, as we illustrated earlier, this is the range where a lot of the value comes from. Now, the problem is there's a lot more golfers down here, right? There's a lot more guys that we have to figure out. So as we start to get below Ches Revy and we start to get uh, to the Patton Kazires of the world and Kevin Kisner and Sebastian Munoz, is there anybody in the low four, high $3 range that you've clicked and added to your favorites list for this evening? There's a whole, you know, I mentioned how I feel it is very important to be hitting your approach shots out of the fairway and finding it often this week. There's a whole slew of guys that like you could maybe confuse with each other because they're all kind of have very similar attributes. Kisner, armor, shank, Todd, like these guys are fairway finders um, and, and reasonably decent putters and have all been playing pretty well. Ryan Moore, you could kind of throw into that list. So there's a lot of those guys. And then you mix in guys who just have, 
like rocket ship level talent in distance. And when they get it all going, they're going to straight up win events like Matthew Wolf is up there. So yeah. there's a lot, there's a good mix, I think, in this $4 range where you can kind of pick your alley. Tommy Fleetwood is another one. Justin Rose, like we know when these guys are going, you know, they have the ability to top five at virtually any tournament uh, with the best fields in the world. And this being kind of one of those weird weeks where it's not so strong at the top um, could be a great opportunity for them. I'm pretty interested in Brendan Todd, um, which okay. is which is kind of scary to me. On paper, he is uh, one of the best course fits out there. He rolls a lot of putts in. He's playing constantly out of the fairway. This is a course that's not going to be particularly long. Not going to uh, overpower him. And even his missed cuts, his last five missed cuts have all been by one shot or two shots, which I know is still a missed cut, Joe, but. Come right. on, like that's that's it's not he's not missing the cup by six, seven, eight shots and and not even contending. Like he's this would look a lot different if he had, you know, if you threw in a couple more uh, T45s instead of missed cuts, it would look a lot better. Absolutely. Yeah. So you, you mentioned it, right? A missed cut by a stroke could be like it's yeah, so finite. It's a lip out putt. It's one that trickled into the water instead of hanging up in the rough. So. Um, it can go either way. He is the best guy on tour in terms of finding the fairway. He hits it more than anyone. It's seemingly as soon as you see him pull driver, you just know that it's going to be down the middle. And, you know, his approach play hasn't been as solid as it was probably last fall. I know it hasn't when he had sort of the two wins. I don't know if that was last fall or two falls ago. I think it was actually two falls ago, but it's like, yeah, it's hard to remember when this this season started and when this (laughs) season ended. Yeah, he went back to back at like Bermuda. Either one, no, Mayakoba, I think. No, no. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But whatever, he almost won the third event in a row too. I think the third one was our RSM. Um, yeah, so I like Todd as well. He's definitely one of those guys. Armor is really popular this week. Who's really good hit. Zach Johnson's been uh, sort of trending in the right direction. These are the type of guys that, that I'm personally looking to sort of favorite and see where the price ends up over the next couple minutes. Hideki Matsuyama is indeed making up ground on Webb Simpson. He's now at $7.23 a share. If you don't know what that means, uh, essentially you're asking him to finish 14th or better because the payout for 14th place would be $7.50 a share. See how that works? So if he's currently $7.23 and he finishes for $7.50, you make $0.25 a share. That's how the jock market works. Um, We also are seeing a little bit of movement on Sungjae, a little bit of movement on Charles Schwartzel, a little bit of movement on Kevin Streelman. But I want to continue further down the board here because i still thought there were some interesting names sub three dollars um eric van royen just won last week we know mm-hmm. it's hard to follow up a win but a guy playing really well he's two dollars and 61 cents roger sloan has been very consistent joe making cuts moving up the ranks a little bit and then the top of uh page two here Oh boy, uh, not nearly as pretty. You know, you get Molinari. Oh, there's your Norlander, two dollars and twenty three cents. Yeah. That was Joe's uh, penny stock. Bo Van, Bo Van Pelt has actually been pretty good. I don't know if we've had cash markets for the events that he's. So he finished T twenty eight at the three M Open. He IPO'd for two dollars and six cents, and then he had. Um, I think he's yet also had good finishes at Barracuda and Barbasol, but there were not cash markets for that, so it's not showing up on on my database here. But keep in mind, some of these guys do play those events. Absolutely. One guy that's kind of just interesting to me right now, and I may need to refresh this, but I've got him at $2.55, and his name just kind of jumps off the page to me. Uh, He's right at the bottom of that first page. It's Bubba. 
right? Like it, it just seems like he doesn't fit there in that that category with those other guys. We mentioned earlier the Rocket Mortgage being a Donald Ross course was probably his best performance of the season thus far, where he finished sixth a couple of weeks ago, returned to good, played pretty well with the Travelers before that, where he topped 20, you know, 50th at, at the 3M, which isn't great, but a couple of weeks off, maybe refresh for Bubba. I know that he didn't go over, you know, he had the the thing with with being in close contact, so he skipped the Open Championship, maybe refreshed. Um, it doesn't seem like the best course fit for him, but I think that, um, you know, it's, he's so creative and so good. And he has a win rate over the last, you know, 10 years or so that you can really hang your hat on, especially at $2.50. Yeah, he's up to $3 now, but still very, yeah. uh, very well priced for a golfer who is the 20th pre ranked golfer. Also, something that you might want to take yeah. a look at. Oh, man, I'm moving. I'm moving my columns. Okay, there we go. Um, all right, so we still have we- uh, Webb Simpson at $10.26. We are about 10 minutes out from this IPO phase closing. So this is going to start to heat up really quickly here. And then there was also one question, and Joe, maybe you know the answer to this. Sheardog said, says, is there a way to edit a bid or an ask price, or do you have to cancel it and submit a new price? I think you have to cancel it, right? I don't think there's an edit. As option. far as I know, yeah, there is no way to edit that. It's it's just cancel it. Uh, but the thing is, is when you place an order for a player, um, you know, it, you're you're waiting to see as that creeps up toward your price. But yeah, you are able to. Let me just check it out on my phone right now because I have it up um, in your orders tab. Yeah, you sh- there's there is a way that you can um, edit that and, and just sort of okay. cancel it out. There you go. Um, I'll give away. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give away 20 more dollars right now. I'll give away 20 more after IPO closes. So around 9 p.m. Eastern. And then I'll give away 20 more before we get out of here. This one goes to, uh, let me find this. This one goes to Quinn Callahan. These are random just because you ask for the hookup, Quinn. Uh, doesn't mean you get it, but you got it. I appreciate I appreciate the uh, I appreciate the the enthusiasm there. So we'll get you all set up with that. Uh, thank you very much. If you want to make sure that you're in the draw to win uh, $20 into the jock market, e- very easy way to do it. Just go ahead and drop your jock market username in the chat right now. Okay, Joe, uh, here's the board as it continues to shake up. I, I think the biggest surprise at the moment for me, and as much as I love the guy, is Seamus Power. You pointed this out earlier. He's $6.01. He is the sixth most expensive golfer. I love the guy. Feels a bit strong considering someone like a Jason Kokrak is one cent less. Yeah, same. I mean, I always kind of look at this thing through the lens of an odds board, so to speak. Like I'm so used to looking at that all week and seeing where a guy's odds are. And I'm not foolish enough to think that I'm smarter than the bookmakers anyway. So, you know, you look at where he's at in perspective to where he's at sort of in terms of pricing on jock market right now, like a guy like Brian Harmon is, is almost a dollar cheaper. Who's basically half the odds coming into the event that Seamus power is would, would present a lot more value to me. He just seems a little bit inflated right now. Yeah, very interesting. The other surprise is um, I'm trying to see if there's a couple of other surprises here. Bubba Watson did jump up to $4, so he is making a move. Also, we can have our weekly conversation about Matthew Wolf, and I can continue to tell you I I don't know. I have no idea. I don't think on paper this is a particularly great spot for him, but um, you know, played well enough at at the WGC, returned 79% ROI. He only went for $3. I don't think the market knows what to do with him. 
So one thing I will say about him, he's had some good first rounds. Um, I believe was either close to first round leader at the U.S. Open and really sort of faded on Sunday. I believe he was right up there at the top of the board last week at the WGC for quite a while after the first round. I think he trailed by one. It was going pretty well on Friday as well. So, you know, it may be the opportunity where you can see that sort of pattern forming on Wolf where um, you get some shares early for a good price. You wait for it to jump up. You see if there's any safe uh, you know, promising bids out there for him and you dump it on Saturday or Sunday morning uh, because he just hasn't been closing great. So I think some of those finishing positions are a little bit skewed. I think he's played better than that, uh, but he's just not, you know, it's all about where you finish on Sunday. All right. That's a fair assessment. Uh, Webb Simpson is kind of stuck on this $10 and 25, 26 sense is what we've kind of seen him are are we getting into a situation we've seen this uh, a handful of times in the in the jock market the first time i show the big board the guy some guys way out in front at a price that's pretty ridiculous and then everybody sees it and says he's too expensive for my blood and he doesn't move the rest of the night are we in for that or is web actually what i'm really trying to get is i want you to look foolish and i want you to i want you to tell me what web's price is actually going to be at the end of the night I don't think it's going to be much more than what it's at now. And okay. the reason that I say that, and you're setting me up because I'm going to look on this, but the reason I'm saying that is the gap between Webb and the next guy. So you're at almost a $3 gap. For me, if I'm going to play anyone at the top, I'm going to spend my dollars on Henley, on Matsuyama, on Zalatoris at the cheaper price because you bring so many more finishing positions into play where you don't have to top nine anymore. You bring in, you know, all of a sudden now you only have to, you know, what top yeah. 15 so or something. At the seven. difference, the difference is if you buy web at 1025, you need him to finish ninth to lose you 25 cents a share eighth he would make you money but at seven dollars it's 15th place so you're talking about six spots and six high leverage spots it's not the difference between 54th and 60th it's the difference between ninth and what 15th or 16th whatever i said so they're very high leverage spots at the top too 100 percent. and you can frankly you can get more shares of a guy that's seven bucks than a guy that's 10 bucks so every time you know you, you buy 10 shares of web you know you're going to spend 100 100 plus on that for 100 bucks you can get 14 or 15 shares of these guys at seven dollars so you can get a lot more it gives you more room in terms of finishing position, more room for ROI. All right, Joe, it's about that time. Uh, by my clock, it is 8.53 on the East Coast, which means that this is the, the moment of the show that we let Joe go do his thing. He's going to place his bids. He's going to try to outbid you guys. I'm going to try to make sure that you bid him up. Remember, Henley, Reevy, Norlander, those are the targets. <laughs> Those are, the targets. Do like that. those are the targets for Joe. This year. I want to see how creative you are. I want to see how in the okay. moment you change, you know, change your strategy and, and, and reconfigure. Uh, but Joe, good luck. Uh, we Thank will you. talk to you. We will talk to you shortly. Now okay. I'm going to, I'm going to bring you down the home stretch here. So essentially what's going to happen is in the next three to five minutes, this IPO phase is going to close. So you want to get your bids in right now. Uh, those bids will be allocated as shares when the IPO phase does indeed close. And we are right up against it. This is where your phone starts buzzing and starts going crazy. Webb Simpson still continues to be the most expensive golfer, and he is 
somewhat knocking on the door of the most expensive that he has ever been. We're at the fourth most expensive he's ever been. He's been a couple dollars more at the Sony Open back in January. He's been in the 11s at both the Waste Management and the RSM Classic. But this is Webb's spot. We'll see where he finishes this evening. Zalatoris, this might be your last crack to get him. $7.66 is asking him to finish 14th or better. And if he does not win this event, you are not going to be able to buy shares of Will Zalatoris until next season. So if you want in on Willie Z, now is the time. Perpetually underowned and perpetually underappreciated Hideki Matsuyama, $7.36. Only Webb Simpson wins the tie with Hideki. He wins every other tie from here on out. Then we have a couple of ball strikers coming in here. Russell Henley, $7 and a quarter. You get to Sung Im, who has back-to-back top 10 finishes at this event, trying to put things together. He's at $6.55. And Jason Kokrak, if you compare that to the odds board, is probably underpriced. You know, he is one of the favorites to win this event, and especially with the departure of Patrick Reed earlier this week and the departure of Louis Oosthuizen earlier this this uh, evening, he is probably he is probably underpriced compared to what his actual true odds are. Now he did just bump up to seven dollars a share. He did pass Song Im. Siwoo Kim, who has three top five finishes in his last four trips to this event, including a victory, is at six dollars and eight cents. He has now passed Seamus Power, so Seamus Power is starting to really uh, kind of find. Find his level here at the $6 range. My pick to win, the guy that I think is going to get it done, Charles Schwartzel, hanging in at $6. If you're a buyer of Schwartzel at $6, you need him to finish 19th or better to return you a profit. We are at 8.56 Eastern time by my clock. So in the next one to three minutes, this IPO phase is going to close. Remember when we hit about 8.57, there's a 90-second window in which the IPO phase can indeed close. Harmon is probably underpriced at $5.55, not only because he's a great wedge player, not only because we've seen him get hot, not only because he's been racking up a bunch of top 20 finishes this year, but also because he's the sixth pre-ranked golfer. That means if he ties for second, for example, with other golfers, there are only five other golfers that are going to get the edge over Brian Harmon. So that's a very interesting and valuable thing to have. I'm going to try to give this big board one more refresh here because this might be an early close. We did see a late close last week, and we are now entering that time frame where there's a 90-second window where this IPO phase can close at any moment. Here we go. Webb Simpson hasn't moved, but everybody else has. $10.26 for Webb. Zalatoris and Hideki now both over $8 a share. There's the Brian Harmon bump. I was waiting for it. $7.41. He's now the fourth most expensive golf with Russell Henley checking in at seven and a quarter five the fifth most expensive golfer. A little bit further down the board, Adam Scott is $5.50. He has figured out the putter. He's putted much better recently after all the tinkering. If he can figure out the long game, Adam Scott is... Boom. Wow. Boom, boom, Shut boom. Shut it down. Shut it's her closed. down, buddy. The IPO is closed. Early one. Early one this week. 8.57 I got on my clock here. 8.57 IPO is closed. We are going to let the dust settle here, but I imagine there's going to be some uh, people in the chat who uh, missed out on some bids with an early close there. Let's see what we got yeah. going on. I'm going to let the dust settle. Joe, how was how was the final few minutes there in the jock market good you know i really tried to kind of uh attack the range that we saw successful the last couple of of weeks the low fives the fours the three dollar ranges i didn't try to you know do my fishing up top on anyone but 
Uh, I was definitely looking at Harmon until you gave him that late bump and he bumped like two bucks there in the last uh, 60 seconds or so. So that was the one guy that I kind of missed out on. I just felt like he was lingering around too low in that $5 range. But um, happy with with I'll wait till these move over to the holdings here in a couple of seconds, but happy with who I ended with. Yeah, cool. So while while that happens, here I'll give away 20, 20 more dollars. We're gonna let the big board refresh all that good stuff and we'll we'll go through it here. So uh stat dome, stat dome, congratulations. Twenty dollars coming your way to the jock market. I've got one more to give away. We'll do it at the end of the show. Make sure your jock market username is indeed in the chat right now. Um, okay, Joe. So I can show you the big board or we can go through your portfolio. You are you set to run over there? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're all ready. I can give you who I got. All right, here we go. So Joe uh, spent the last couple of minutes there making all of his bids, and here are the shares that he got. Uh, Bobby Mack. We Ooh. didn't talk about him. 475. Uh, he's already. So he's currently, like, in terms of, of he's jumped way up at to the, the fair value right now is 702 already. So um, say it again for, for what? 475 on Bobby Mack. 24th or better for Bobby Mack. Yeah, Pretty... he's been finishing well. He's got a ton of incentive in terms of basically locking up his card. He's one of those guys, too, where um, I I think he's just outside the line in terms of Ryder Cup, but he would make an excellent captain's pick, I think. He's a guy that like was awesome in the match play in, in Austin, and I think that um, – He's a young guy that you want to get this sort of early experience. Seems to have a good bit of moxie to him. So a lot to play for for him this week. Um, right at the $5 range, I did get my mid-cap in Revy. I also got some Kevin Kisner. So another guy who hits a ton of fairways. Good course history here. Um, has been really up and down. Had a couple of, I think, back-to-back top 10s. It was the Travelers and um, the Rocket Mortgage, I think. And then played really bit poorly last week and, and was like the solo man out at the open championship where he didn't play well either. So um, some boomer bust there, $3 range. I got three players here, uh, ended up with some shares of Norlander, a little higher than I wanted, but mm-hmm. I said his name. So I felt obligated to kind of pick him there. Doc, uh, we hadn't, we didn't talk about Doc tonight, but he okay. uh, did me really well at this event last year. So he yeah, was so part of that roster, finished third, um, I, there seems to be some signs of life and I'm a doc guy. So I took some, Love uh, it. Roger Sloan, $3 and 31 cents. I like his chances this week. And in the $2 range, my one guy who just seemed to pop in the models that I ran. And I know some other people have been on him that are much smarter than me was this guy Gellerman. Yeah. Um, he's just been finishing really well. And at $2 and 20 cents or whatever, he's basically got to make the cut and finish inside the top 60, uh, those are my seven guys. Like I said, nothing really high at the top, but I feel like I'm pretty balanced in that mid range. Bobby Mack, Ches Reeve, Kevin Kisner, Henrik Norlander, Doc Redman, Roger Sloan, and Michael Gellerman, who is, um, if if only irons and wedges, if that was the whole game, Gellerman would be the best player on the planet. Unfortunately for him, he's got to do the other thing. If it was 18 par threes, he'd be great if we played a par three course. And just like, and it's just like proximity. He doesn't have to putt it or anything like <laughs> yeah. that. It's like a simulator. Um, okay, that is a well-rounded uh, and a targeted portfolio at some of these very valuable uh, not only golfers, I love the Bobby Mack number, but also some of the ranges that we've seen some of these outcomes come from. So good job there, Joe. Now I do want to give an update. So here's the big board. Webb Simpson did not move. 
10-26. That was kind of one of the outcomes we thought could happen here where he jumps out super early. Everybody starts to get a little bit skittish. And at $10.26, he needs to finish eighth or better. It, it's a big ask, but <laughs> history says it's pretty easy for Webb to do. <laughs> yeah, no doubt about it. So it's it's you're we, we were right. He really didn't move. Um, I still think like, if all things were even and they were the same price, I, I give him a slight edge over Hideki. But um, I, I like if I'm going to play up top, I like go, going two bucks cheaper and taking Hideki, being able to have more money to spend on shares instead of finishing ninth or better. He's got to finish 13th or better. So some extra spots there. And he's been playing so well. Um, obviously, the word the concern is, is he going to be able to make enough putts in a birdie fest to to shoot six, seven under per day? The irons have been great. Um, the confidence is there. I expect him to to do pretty well, and of course, it should suit him. Yeah, I agree. Um, just to give an update on so the way the our the share prices of our market movers. So uh, Henley went for seven dollars and thirty three thirty one cents. That was Joe's blue chip. Hideki was mine eight dollars and five cents. Gary Woodland went for five twenty three. Ches Reevy went for five oh six. Joe, those were our mid caps and our penny stocks, both in the three dollars. Norlander went for three twenty. Bryce Garnett went for three dollars and fifty seven cents. So we were pretty much on point with where yeah. we thought uh, they were going to move tom in the chat says when you lose a share and get your money back do you get the small percentage that jock market takes back too yes you don't pay for that only on shares that are actually allocated so you get all that money back to uh hopefully reinvest into somebody else Uh, as i scroll down here joe this this pretty much looks this looks right. I mentioned it as we were kind of closing. You know, Kokrak's interesting. He's yeah. one. He's won twice. I think the the outright market might be a little bit more bullish on Kokrak than we saw here in the jock market this evening. I don't mm. think it's blatantly off, but it, I think it's it's noteworthy. Yeah, fourth in terms of the projected ranks. You see that fair value projection just over two dollars. So I definitely think that. Uh, that, that we didn't really talk about him and he's probably a little bit overlooked this week and he's probably a little bit overlooked every week because he's been playing so well. Um, all facets of his game, including the putting, have really come around in what has kind of been a banner a banner year for him. And, and hell, this could be his, what, third win? He could make it his third win of the season. He would be the only player on tour that's done that, right? Correct. Yeah, it would be. Yeah, it would be bonkers if, if yes. he won. Yeah. I know. I know. I know. It's craziness. Um, scrolling down a little bit further. So Seamus Power kind of did his thing very early in in the live show, and then hung around that six dollar mark, which seems fair. You know, you're asking him to finish yeah. top twenty essentially, and he's coming off the win, and people didn't really know what to do with him. Where do you think? Um, you know, if we did have Louis Oosthuizen in this field, if we did have Patrick Reed in this field, uh, where do you think that they would have fell in line and would they have impacted Webb's number or was Webb's number pretty safe there? I feel like Webb was probably always going to just clear 10 bucks. Um, I feel like Louie would probably be right in between Webb and Hideki and Reed would probably follow right after. So I think they'd both all be in the top four. Maybe Zalatoris kind of clips clips Reed there because he did end up well, he, he broke even with Hideki there. So I know that he's going to be very popular this week, but I'm for sure certain that they both would have been uh, locked inside that top five would have spread yeah. some money around there. 
Right. And it's not like, you know, other formats where you can only have one of them. Like you could have had shares of both guys. If, if, yeah. if Reed or Louie were in this field, you could have been a buyer of web and you could have been a buyer of Louie and that could have been your portfolio. So it's not like you would have had to pick one or the other. So I think you, I think you kind of, of, of nailed it there. Uh, and then lots of guys, and we, we continue to see this here, lots of guys between $5 and call it $7. Everybody from Sung JM down to Joel Damon, Brendan Todd, Kevin Kisner at the $5 even mark we're starting to see this a bit more this is where a lot of the value is coming from i think people are starting to figure it out a little bit it's just a matter of picking the right guys out of this range but it seems like it seems like the market's getting a little a little bit smarter yeah a little sharper and really any of them i think could could pop like none of them i don't think anyone has a distinct advantage or or really glaringly sticks out to me um you, you know, Ricky's in there, Mito's in there, Harold Varner. So there's a lot of guys right there hovering around five bucks. Damon, I was a guy that I liked this week and I bet at 90 to one. I, you know, he was first round leader at the Barracuda last week, plays pretty well in this sort of region, good on a birdie fest. So there's a lot to like in this range. And I feel like if you spread some dollars around right here around the $5 mark, you've been coming out pretty well in jock market. We have now entered the live trading portion of this event. And Joe, I think there's one interesting dynamic for this week, which is the bubble boys, the guys that are hmm. either uh, right inside or right outside the line. And a lot of these guys know exactly what number or what finishing position they need. So I think what you're going to see is on the weekend. I mean, imagine I don't have it in front of me, but let's say Ro I think Roger Sloan needs to finish. 19th something like that to, yeah. to get into the into the fedex cup playoffs depending on what everybody else does imagine if he's sitting in 33rd on saturday right you know what what like imagine the strategy that he's going to try to take i imagine it's every pin i imagine it's taking on risks that he's not normally willing to take on and that could go very poorly or it could go very well so i think on the weekend especially for the guys around the bubble joe you're going to see a lot of movement and people who are paying attention to it i think are going to be able to to maybe um find some profits in the market it's definitely notable and something and this is the type of platform where you can really kind of i think take advantage of it look pre-tournament it's hard to factor that in right, right? But you're right. After Saturday, if you know that a guy's got to really move up 10 spots and to get in there, like uh, I, I listened to a little bit of your show with the first cut and, and Mark Gimmelman saying that it's an electric scoring tent situation on Saturday when these guys are really like honed in on what other players around them are doing. And and, and your boy Kyle Porter mentioned that there's a $100,000 check on the line if you finish inside the top 130 and make the FedEx Cup playoffs. So you're right. If you're Roger Sloan and you're 33rd and you need to get to 19th, hell yeah, you're taking on pins on that back nine and trying to make as many birdies as possible because who cares if you finish 33rd or 55th at that point? There's a $100,000 check on the line if you can get two more birdies in the house. Fire away. Fire That's away. Right, Pick a number and go try to hit it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, good stuff. Something to keep an eye on as uh, the weekend uh, grows longer. Let me give away our final $20 into the jock market. It's going to go to John. John, congratulations. We'll get you all set up with that. And we will give away 100 more dollars next week. Of course, if you haven't 
made a deposit yet, go ahead and use the code POWER. It's up to a $50 deposit bonus, just giving money away all over the place. But Joe, Wyndham, it's always it's always electric. It's always fun. And then we're going to get the sprint to the finish line for the FedEx Cup playoffs. And then we are like immediately going to turn around and start the new season. So there's going to yeah. be plenty of golf action here for the foreseeable future. There is no breather to like after Thanksgiving, I think. So no way it does it end. Um, there will be jock market, cash markets throughout uh, like you said, pump for this sort of next four weeks here in this playoff run to sort of put a bow on this super season 2021, 2022. Uh, it'll be a fun next next month or so. Follow Joe on Twitter. It's at Tour Picks. You can follow me at Rick Run Good. This has been your jock market power hour for this week's Wyndham Championship. Good luck, and uh, we'll see you guys next week.